Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 4th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. On today's episode, we've got a good old-fashioned debate. Not about what you think, though. Georgia and Florida, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. It's on Saturday on CBS at 3.30 p.m. Central from Jacksonville, as it always is. One of the best rivalries in college football, a neutral site affair. Georgia is a three and a half point favorite, but this really needs to be Florida's year. Dan Mullen has never beaten the Gators as Florida's, or Dan Mullen has never beaten the Dogs as Florida's coach. They've got the better quarterback, they've got the better offense. Georgia's got the better defense. Both are still alive in the race for the college football playoff and the SEC East championship. It's going to be. A fantastic matchup. To preview it, we're bringing on two of our best at 24-7 Sports, Jake Rowe, who covers the Bulldogs at Dogs 24-7, and Thomas Goldcamp, who covers the Gators at Swamp 24-7. We're going to spend about 15 to 20 minutes with them at the same time. It turned out really well. They're going to talk about the keys to this year's game. They're going to talk about the weaknesses on either side of the ball for both teams. going to ask how much both coaches need this one, and then we're going to spend some time reflecting on what this rivalry means and what it means to the fans and how it usually is in a non-2020, non-pandemic year when, as Jake Rose said, you've got fans face down on the pavement at 9 a.m. and then afterwards, some of them need medical attention because like the players, they gave it their all on that Saturday. So let's listen to what Thomas Goldcamp and Jake Rowe have to say about Florida versus Georgia. Bringing in Thomas Goldcamp, Jake Rowe, talking Florida, Georgia, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Today, we've got a pretty large podcast, too, with three guys. Uh, Jake, let's start with you. You covered Georgia. Uh, tell me why, if you were picking Georgia to win, what facts you would be leaning on. Uh, you know, I think it would it would come down to um, the run game and just kind of how Georgia has, is really hitting its stride there. I mean, I listen, I, I get everybody being down on Georgia after that Kentucky performance. Um they ran it, well, I think, like 50 times compared to throwing it 13, and it looked like they were protecting Stetson Bennett. May have been. Kirby says they weren't, but they may have been doing that. Uh, but but I think Georgia's run game and offensive line is is playing at a real high level right now. And, you know, you look and, and you watch the Texas A&M game, and, and uh, you know, I'm not saying Georgia is quite there from a, from a run game standpoint, but that gave Florida a lot of issues in that game. And I think Georgia can give them similar issues. And, and uh, Georgia also just seems to find a way to play well against Florida after really, really struggling prior to that. I mean, it happened last year. It happened in 2018. It happened in 2012. Um, a lot of Georgia's wins have come after just looking awful prior to Florida. And um, yeah, you can say it's because they're looking ahead or whatever. I really don't know. But, you know, I think they'll be pretty juiced up for this game. And I think the run game has a chance to play really well. And um, but but I think the big concern for Georgia has to be Florida's offense because it's it's really stinking good. Thomas, Florida hasn't won in this one since 2016. Uh, what are the fans holding on to uh, to break the three game losing streak? Well, I mean, I think it's what Jake just said. Florida's offense is is really, really prolific. And uh, if you look at this matchup against Georgia, the last couple of years where Florida's kind of struggled, it's because they haven't been able to solve Kirby Smart's defense. And I think if you're looking kind of coming into this week, Georgia's a little bit banged up on the defensive side of the ball. Florida has a quarterback that's playing at an extremely high level in Kyle Trask. And you've got some weapons that are going to be tough for, for any team to really cover when you talk about Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney. But I think for Florida, you know, obviously the trenches are going to be really important. And I think that's going to be an area you circle on both sides of the ball and say, 
okay, who's winning the line of scrimmage? And, and that's probably the team that's going to have the better shot here. But the Gators are just so explosive offensively that they have the ability, if they come out and they're executing well, to jump out to an early lead. And I don't think that Georgia is necessarily built to be chasing a game. And I think that's one of the reasons the Bulldogs have been so successful against Dan Mullen. They've really been able to put the clamps down on his offense. I think this is a year that Florida could potentially shake that up. Thomas, do you get the sense that this has to be the year for Dan Mullen to beat Georgia? It, it feels a lot like if not now, then when. Um, I, you know, you, you only get a quarterback like Kyle Trask every you know, 10 years or so. I mean, he, he's really playing at that high of a level. Uh, a veteran guy that they can do a lot of things with. Kyle Pitts, again, similar type player where you only see a guy like that once every 10 years or so. So um, I think, you know, given the setup, given Georgia coming off, you know, maybe a little bit of a shakier game against Kentucky, you know, they're banged up on the defensive side of the ball. I just look at this, and I think a lot of Florida fans will look at this like, we have a good shot here. Yes, we have to play clean. Yes, we still are not quite as talented as Georgia is on paper. But if not now, then when? Jake, what do you what do you think about when you hear Thomas say that? Do you think you're uh, the, the fans that you cater to are in the in the same boat? Like, if I was a Georgia fan, I might say, okay, maybe we're playing with some house money here. We already have a loss. I know the quarterback situation is not what we wanted it to be going into this season. Or, or is there some tension still in Athens? Uh, there, there's definitely some tension. Uh, you know, I think that you know uh, everybody wants to talk from fields now again. Um, and, and that's kind of a, a talk to death situation. And, but, you know, you got Jamie Newman's opt out. JT Daniels has been slow to recover and, and regain form from that knee injury. And, and, you know, I just don't think anybody really expected it to look like this. Nobody expected it. Todd Munkin didn't. He told Stetson Bennett that he wasn't part of the plans. Now he's the starting quarterback. And, um, you know, I, I just think that, that there's a lot of tension that, that, the quarterback situation is a frustration again. And, and I don't think they really expected it to be that way once last season was over, once James Coley was gone, once Jake Fromm had kind of moved on and they were able to flip the page. Uh, I think most people had kind of talked themselves into it being something different. But Thomas hit nail on the head. Georgia is not built to play from behind. I mean, it. I don't think it's a situation where, where Georgia's like Georgia Tech used to be with that triple option and they just absolutely can't play from behind. But it's going to surprise some people if Georgia gets down 14, 17 points um, and, and, and is able to kind of battle its way back. Uh, but it's also going to depend on what offense we see. Uh, you know, I mean, Georgia looked pretty good on offense against Auburn, and it looked pretty good against, uh, against Tennessee in the second half. And, and it made some plays, and then all of a sudden, um, once halftime happened at Alabama – um, after Georgia looked good in the first half, it went away and, and it's been gone for six quarters. Now they've turned it over five times. They've got two fumbles. They didn't lose all from the quarterback position. And I don't think there's going to be a shakeup there. Uh, but, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of frustration there and, and it's, it's going to all depend on, on Georgia's ability to kind of come out and, and cobble things together offensively. And, um, it, it, I really don't know what to expect from that side of the ball at this point. The college football daily will be right back. What's y'all's take on um, the the state of the rivalry, Florida and Georgia? Uh, maybe especially Dan Mullen versus Kirby Smart. Thomas, we talked about this a few months ago, right? Like Dan Mullen's had some had some fun, like maybe in the off season, like had some taken some shots. It hasn't really worked out on the field. We'll start with you though, Thomas. Like what like, uh, does this rivalry? Does Dan Mullen? I don't know. Like that. Do you think Georgia really gets under his skin or what? 
I think I think that Dan Mullen is aware of what Kirby Smart has been able to do on the recruiting trail. And I think, you know, given Dan Mullen's history as a coach, that's maybe not his bread and butter is, is recruiting consistent top three classes. You know, those, those five stars, just stacking them on five stars. And so I think there's probably a little bit of kind of that competitive edge of wanting to prove, you know, hey, I'm, I'm the better coach. I'm the better game day coach and, and I can take my team over the top. But look, uh, Dan Mullen likes to have fun with things. We, we've heard all the comments, you know, blind squirrels and, and all that stuff. Um, so, but look at, at the end of the day, the fans get tired of that kind of, you know, sniping and taking little shots when you're not producing. And I think, you know, he's had two years. I, it, obviously he walked into a situation where Florida was not very good. You know, he, he inherited a four win team. They had questions at quarterback. Uh, the roster really needed some shoring up. And I think he did that in a lot of different ways, uh, in, in such a positive manner that fans are really expecting now to be competitive. Now you're in year three. Now, again, you have a, a very, very good quarterback, a, a terrific tight end in Kyle Pitts. Now it's, okay, this is what you were brought in to do. Let's finally get over the hump. Because I think, to me, it's more if you lose in year three, then what happens is the entire narrative that talent beats out good coaching, that continues to exist. And Kirby Smart's talent isn't going anywhere. Kirby Smart's not going to get worse as a recruiter. Uh, the only thing that Dan Mullen can do is try to flip the narrative a little bit and win this game. And then maybe his recruiting gets just a little bit easier. And, and I think things get easier to sell going forward. Jake, do you think at Georgia, they view Florida as a bona fide threat to them in the SEC East uh, on a yearly basis? Yeah, I think they, if they don't, they need to, because that's the team. I mean, it, it really is, uh, you know, Dan Mullen has, I mean, I think he's done an incredible job at Florida and, and, and you know, you know, you're never going to get an opposing fan to just, uh, give all sorts of love to an opposing head coach uh, unless it's Nick Saban and they've just won title after title. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, Georgia fans really undersell Dan Mullen and his ability to coach. Now, you know, you look at last year's game and I think Florida ended up lose, using like two timeouts early in that game and Georgia fans were kind of pointing and laughing. Hi, ah, where's that great coach at? But, I mean, the, the, the proof's in the pudding, man. I mean, he, he, did, he did flip that roster. He did – get those guys to play at a higher level. And, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think there's any insecurity on Georgia's part because of the last two se seasons, because, uh, you know, of the, you know, cause Florida fans want to claim Dan Mullen's the better, uh, better developer of talent, the better coach and Georgia fans want to, you know, contend, well, Dan Mullen can't recruit and can't get talent. And, and I just, I think that the truth is going to be somewhere there in the middle of both of those narratives. One thing I will say about what Thomas said, though, is, is if you're Dan Mullen, and I know no Florida fan wants to hear an outsider's opinion on this, but if you're Dan Mullen, all of a sudden, if if you do lose this game and, and, and that narrative that Thomas is talking about gets kind of pushed forward, that good talent, great talent beats great coaching, then you really only have one place to go if you're Dan Mullen, and that's to start getting better talent. And, and then at that point, you know, it's, 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 recruiting is in a lot of ways so much outside of your control because it's, you know, it's a guy here, it's a guy there that, that kind of flips these classes and makes them look like what they are. And, uh, but, but I don't, I don't think if you're a Georgia fan right now that, that you're insecure or, or you're feeling like, you know, Florida's getting ready to take this thing over. I, I do think there's a realization that if there's not right now, it'll become that way that, you know, that, that, you know, this is kind of a uh, almost a snake bit team at the moment with all the injuries and, and with the quarterback situation being what it is. And, and I do think they'll be very frustrated with Kirby Smart, but I don't think they'll think the future is down the tubes. And, and I'll say this, 
the narrative that Dan Mullen is is a head and shoulders better game day coach or what what have you than Kirby Smart. I, I don't think that this game has worn that out over the last couple of years. I mean, Kirby Smart has had Dan Mullen's number. So, you know, like Jake said, I think the, the truth is always kind of in the middle on these these narratives that gets pushed. But, you know, when it comes to recruiting, I mean, that's the kind of thing that that young, you know, prospects are, are impressionable. I mean, they they kind of buy into that more so. So, you know, I, I think this, this game really just ends up um, kind of continuing the direction or, or starting to maybe show a slight momentum shift. Guys, I have a dumb question. Is for Georgia, is, is Florida still the biggest rival for, for Florida? Is Georgia still the biggest rival? I, I, we'll start with, we'll just keep, keep it on you, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I think for now, there's no question. I think that, you know, it, Florida does not like playing second fiddle to anyone. And Georgia's won the SEC East for three straight years now. Kirby Smart, you know, again, has had Dan Mullen's number and has not been shy about that on the recruiting trail. And, and I think that's what he should. I mean, that's what you do. That's what you do when you're a cutthroat coach. I mean, that's how you win in the SEC. And, uh, you know, his results speak for themselves. But I think more so than anything, Florida State being down is kind of what definitely cements Georgia as, you know, enemy number one for Florida right now. Jake, is is Alabama, is is Auburn, have either of those eclipsed Florida? It Man, it's so tough at Georgia because there's so many schools that are right there, depending on where you live. Because if you live in North Georgia, you probably hate Tennessee more. And if you live in West Georgia, you probably hate Auburn more. And you know, I grew up in South Georgia, and Florida's definitely the hated team down there. Um, and even if you live over in the Augusta area, you may hate Clemson. You may hate uh, uh, South Carolina more. So it's almost a little bit of a week-to-week type thing because there's so many teams pro- you know, close to Georgia's border, so many contiguous uh, states there. But um, you know, I do think if you polled the entire fan base, it would be Florida. Because at the end of the day, and I think this is probably true for Florida too, is – the 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 college football playoff for the SEC East right now is going to go through uh, go through Atlanta. It's going to go through Mercedes Benz Stadium, and to get there, Florida's going to have to beat Georgia, and Georgia's going to have to beat Florida. And and it's it's that case. I mean, it's almost it's not officially, but it's almost an SEC East championship game this year. Uh, whereas in the past, you know, there's been a couple times here recently where Georgia's been able to beat Florida and then have that game essentially against Kentucky. That's not the case anymore. And uh, it, it's it's definitely I think uh, a bigger deal this year maybe than 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 some other these past few years it's kind of been like a get right gotta have this and, and there's just been a different feeling about it and it may be because there's more worry now because of the injuries and the quarterback situation but you know I definitely think that if if you polled most people uh, most Georgia fans they would say you know Florida's probably the biggest rival. One last question for each of you: What? In a normal year, what defines this rivalry? I'm looking at Winsipedia. Like I see, I see chunks of threes. I see Georgia wins three straight. Florida wins, wins three straight. Georgia wins three. Florida wins three. Not since 2007 has there not been a, a, a three straight in, in this game rivalry winner. But like more broadly, the game. I I've been to Texas Oklahoma so many times, and I always I always think about Georgia Florida. Like what, what the the crowd splits a little bit different uh, in, in Texas Oklahoma it's it's down the fifty yard line it's you're in the middle of the state fair and you've got what usually decides that game the spread hardly ever matters it's it's you know which team plays the most desperately and and who can force turnovers when you all think of Florida Georgia uh, what we used to call the world's largest outdoor cocktail party I don't know if y'all still do like what what is that what is that weekend like and then what does the game usually boil down to uh, Thomas we'll start with you I mean I think 
fans obviously look forward to it probably more than any other game just because of the setting in Jacksonville. Typically, you know, obviously it won't be that this year, but um, it, it's it really is truly one of college football's most unique environments. And the 50 50 split is awesome. Um, for me, I, I've I've been to this game for the last 13 years now. The, the thing that stands out to me more often than not is you go in expecting a, you know, complete scrap. You know, you, you don't ever you rarely go into this game expecting one team to just dominate the other. Now, I know it's happened a couple times. Um, I think, uh, you know, Jim McElwain's final year, obviously, you know, that game was never going to be competitive. And uh, but but more often than not, it feels like this is going to be a terrific SEC football game. and. You know, I know both teams have question marks again this year, but when you talk about this rivalry, to me, that's what it is. It's it's two teams that really, really do not like each other. It's a bunch of fans in a great environment, just revved up more than they have been all year. And then the teams, more often than not, come out and deliver a really, really good football game. Yeah, I think when when you if it's going to be a blowout, you know it's going to be a blowout going in. It's very rarely a surprising blowout, I would say. I mean, maybe 2008 – when Georgia had a lot of expectations, but even then, you know, Florida was looking for some revenge after the players dancing on the field, all that stuff. But you almost know that that it's going to be a blowout before it is. And and more often than not, over the past couple decades, that's been Florida because, you know, Steve Spurrier kind of brought that in and Urban Meyer kind of whipped Georgia's, you know, butt there a lot too. And, um, but, but, and then, you know, Thomas brought up the uh, 26, the 2017 game. Uh, but, but in terms of on the field, um, I, I may be wrong on this. There may have been something that caused a hiccup in this, but a large portion, if not all of the games won in the past like 10, 15 years, the team that that wins the ground game has won this game. The team that has led the uh, has has the game high in rushing has been the team that's that's come away with the victory. And you know, I, I don't know that that'll be the case this year because you know Florida's offense uh, their their offense is kind of built off the pass and they can run the ball, but they, they're just so good through the air. Um, you know, I could see Georgia rushing for 200 yards and Florida throwing for 400 and Florida winning. So it, it's not a it's not a situation to me where where that's necessarily going to hold up. But that's how it's been in the past. And if you've ever walked through the parking lot, and I know Thomas has after this game, just kind of you know going through the parking lot before the game and then going through it after. I mean, it's it's I don't know, man. It's it's this odd like it's just odd, like, you know, everybody put it all out there. It's not just the players putting it all out there on, on game day. Everybody puts it all out there. I mean, I've seen people face down on the pavement at nine in the morning. Um, you know, I've seen people, you know, getting medical attention afterward. I mean, it's, this is, this is something that everybody puts their all into. And, and that includes the players on the field, the coaches, you know, Kirby's always, and Rick was too, was always, emotionally spent once this thing was over and there's a lot that goes into it and I think it starts as both teams drive into the game and you see that unique scene and I wonder how that's going to affect them this year because it's not going to be that scene anymore great stuff from these two can't wait for the game Thomas Goldcamp Jake Rowe appreciate you guys thanks to both of those guys for joining me you can follow Jake at Rowe 24 7 on Twitter Thomas Goldcamp is at Thomas Goldcamp on Twitter they both do a great job Excited to see their dispatches from Saturday's game. I didn't ask for a pick. It's so early in the week. I don't want to lock those guys into anything. If I had to choose, it feels like Florida has to have this one. So even though even though they're underdogs, I'll take Florida outright. Dan Mullen has had a weird week. Dan Mullen's had a weird season, but he's got a Heisman quarterback, Heisman level quarterback in Kyle Trask. And he got Kyle Pitts at tight end. I think they're going to score enough on that Georgia defense and then 
that Georgia offense, man, with Stetson Bennett at quarterback, will they score more than 20? We'll see. I think Florida sure will. Anyway, my name is Trey Scott. Our producer is Tony Levitt. Thanks again to Jake and Thomas. We will talk to you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.